Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Geek and all chic, baby. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, but it sucked, though. I mean, started off to suck because fucking MCA, dude. Oh yeah. From the Beastie sucked. Boys. I mean, that was bullshit. Yeah, I mean, fucking cancer too. I was just like, holy shit. Forty-eight. I was like, yeah. When I I saw that on the news yesterday, I was like, what? So I put up on the the. Uh, what was it? Lazy Geeks uh, Facebook page yesterday put up Sure Shot because that was a pretty pretty slick video. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was just like, I, I was thinking like, fuck, man. I was in junior high when they first came out. Greatest song they ever did was Sabotage. Hell yes. And the greatest video they ever did. <laughs> that was so fucking awesome. I love that yeah. video. The fucking big old mustaches, seventies mustaches and the hair. Uh, it was the best fucking video ever. Oh, and they pulled it off. Oh, uh, hell yeah. That's right. Oh, man. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, back to the whole geek weekend, though. Shit. The Avengers, Star Wars Day, and then Free Comic Book Day. Yes. Uh, not to mention you top it off with Cinco de Mayo, and you have yourself a weekend. Yeah. But, <laughs> John, actually, a, a relatively quiet Cinco de Mayo here, um, with the level of his the Hispanic community. <laughs> I, I in Arizona, I'm I'm relatively sure that at least most of them are Mexican. Um, <laughs> no one is doing anything. Oh, really? Yeah, it's very quiet. I don't hear any gunshots, <laughs> any beer bottles being broken. No, I'm I'm not being cute. It's still That's early. It's still hear. early. It's That's still, what I used to hear in Arizona. It's only midnight, dude. It's still early. Yeah, we we're recording this at midnight. <laughs> maybe maybe it's a different 
different neighborhood. But back when I lived in uh, Tempe, Arizona, um, I and it's a little closer to a little town called Guadalupe. And if you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, you would hear like gun gunshots going off in the air. You would hear just like you would hear beer bottles breaking. Like how hot are you breaking those beer bottles, dude? And then you would hear like like say fuck. You didn't know what was going on. You thought a hyena was fucking a goat. Like it was just so much weird noises, you know. And I'm all I'm all for a little celebration, but let's tone it down, you know. Uh, um, there's uh, like my my neighborhood is actually relatively quiet, except they had a which actually kind of died down. They had a quinceanera couple doors down and uh the music started up it started up relatively early like four in the afternoon and um like it started to die out around 11 or 12 there was music uh, oh excuse me midnight creeping up on me um <laughs> there was music being played at like six i think six or seven and i was out grilling some carne asada which makes this ironic um <laughs> for my wife <laughs> And they're just like mariachi fucking – they all sound the same to me. I'm, you know, there's no such thing as good or bad music, but for me, I don't like it. So <laughs> I I brought out my radio, put the shit on some rock, baby. Turn that up. <laughs> and they were looking across the street at me don't like – Don't stop believing. And I think the first song that came on was um Jesse's Girl. Oh, shit. I wish that I had Jesse's But then I put it on some harder shit because we have a station here in Arizona called uh, 98 KUPD, and it's it's the to me it's the perfect rock station. Like in California, they have rock stations. It's all emo shit. Like this this rock station is some new shit, and you and sometimes you'll hear the occasional real heavy shit, or they or they'll you'll hear a sweet child of mine will sneak in. You know, it's it's just really cool. It's a good station, so I was bumping that shit. Dude. Nice. Some tool came on. <laughs> Turn that up. That's right. Yeah. You know it's what's just, up. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was relatively quiet here. <laughs> Sarah Underwood. I was following her on Facebook today, and um, I was. Following I mean, I'm not life to the police. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, she goes, "Happy Cinco de Mayo." God. It's I don't know. She goes, I don't know Spanish, but it just sounds like something having to deal with a sink and mayonnaise. And um, she goes, huh? she goes, ha ha, Mexicans are weird. And then I, I retweeted and I put a comment in there. I go, yes, we are. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. Whatever. You're Jack Mexican anyway. You probably had to ask somebody what Cinco de Mayo meant. <laughs> It's funny when someone told me what that meant for the first time, like years ago. I was like, I was, I was like, really? Yeah. It sounds so cool, and then you tell me what it means, and it's you couldn't come up with something. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Oh my god. I, I always also too. Um, this was a couple years back. Just real quick. This dude was talking. About, it's a celebration, and he's being all hardcore about it. This is a celebration of the Battle of Puebla, where the citizens of Mexico. Fought your punk ass fucking country and this and that. They fought and the French. I don't know what he was talking about. <laughs> so back then, a lot I didn't of know people what, fought the French. <laughs> yeah, no. Back then, I didn't know what I didn't know anything. So I was like, I didn't know anything about Cinco de Mayo or who Mexico fought. Because to be honest, I don't care. It doesn't relate to me, so I don't care. So he he go he said he was fighting America, and uh, there happened to be. To, uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. 
there happened to be an American flag behind me. So I go, well, <laughs> I guess we won that one. And he's like, <laughs> fuck you. He got all pissed off. You know, and then later on, I, I figured out that they were fighting the French. And I was like, well, shit, I won that one. You know what the fuck you're talking about? <laughs> I don't need to know because I'm not claiming it. Oh, man, that's funny. Right. Uh, but we saw the Avengers. Yes, oh, we, yes, we did. Oh, we saw the Avengers. And um, so on a scale of 1 to 10, did you come? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Uh, I heard that uh, Kevin Smith said that on one of his podcasts. He goes, he goes, okay, so on a scale of 1 to 10, did you come? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> answer that with a... Eleven? <laughs> oh man, what'd you think? You're without spoilers, just kind of abroad. What did you What did you think about it? Because everybody remembers he's a DC boy. No, I did. I dug it, man. It was an awesome movie. You know, quality is quality. I'm not. I'm never. I try not to be. Let's let's you <laughs> let's, know. Say, let's keep let's yeah. let's keep it real. <laughs> I try not to be that the guy. typical fanboy who's like. Nothing but my stuff can be good because I mean Marvel's quality too, you know. And I really liked it. I liked the, I liked the Avengers. I mean, it, it kind of gave me a little spark to maybe read some more uh, Marvel. Um, but I I go to the what's in Marvel and it's like issue six hundred and ninety seven. I'm like fuck. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, that's um, why I, all of a sudden I'll get random messages. So where does this one start? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh yeah, you need to go at least like that one. That then you'll get it. <laughs> yeah, and then I go to the DC rack and I'm like, oh okay. Now I know what's happening. Since DC has it all freaking uh, short bus styled, <laughs> everything's on issue nine. It's like, oh okay. <laughs> oh man, oh, I fucking loved it. That was Joss Whedon is the man. If that movie was a woman, I'd fuck it. Oh god, dude! I and honestly, we we were talking about this before the podcast. Mark Ruffalo, I think, kind of stole That's, it. He stole it, um, and not as a Hulk as Bruce Banner. He stole it. Yeah. Um, because another... he, he just came in and owned it. Like, yeah, no. he, he didn't come in trying to be like, he's like, like, I am Bruce Banner. Yeah, you know. Fuck? I mean, just that whole scene in the beginning between him and Black Widow. Yeah. When he does that, you're flying. You know, and she's just like. Boom! <laughs> she like takes out the gun. She had a gun so damn quick, dude. I know. You're just like, oh fuck. Another one who stole the show was Loki, dude. What's his name? Who played Loki? Oh, Tom. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. I'm telling you, dude. I total, total man crush on that guy, dude. He brought that credibility to oh, it. Oh man, like, just like Ugh. that scene between him and Black Widow. Ugh. Oh my god, that was just. Uh, uh, it was just it was Jeremy Renner was awesome. I thought he was awesome as Hawkeye. He was he was badass. Uh, um, being a little bit of bitch in the beginning, but you know, yeah. no spoilers. <laughs> um, the well, we can sit here and name off who was a badass all yeah. day. Um, was there any complaint? Any complaint whatsoever about this movie? It had to be one thing that you didn't like. Uh, to to really be honest. I think I was so much in the enjoyment and the – well, because, you know, like you, you know, you, it, for you, I know, like, the Holy Grail would be like a Justice League movie. And this this is my Holy Grail. Like, this is my – this was my moment of, like, oh, my God, I get to see all these guys. And it, so there was that. 
just that that aura and that just like complete uh, immersion in the film that I, I I think I honestly would have to see it a second, eighteenth, twentieth time to really dig down and find a, a point. Because right. At this point of the movie. I didn't find that there was any real flaw. Everything made sense to me. Like the story had a direction it went to. Um, even the middle part after, you know, that, that incident, it, it was necessary. Some people say, well, it kind of dragged in there. It's like, well, yeah, if you didn't watch the other movies, obviously it didn't impact you at all. Right. Um, but uh, I, I definitely, you need to see the other films. Uh, but uh, I, I to me, I don't really felt... It had a, um, it, it had anything missing for me at this point. I, I I'm gonna obviously see it again, but when I see it again, I'm gonna I, I'll probably I'll be out of that haze, you know. Right. You know I, that that uh, that um, horny euphoria that you get where you're just like, I don't fucking care how she looks, you know. Fan fanboyism <laughs> is is what it is. Okay. Fanboyism. Okay. No, in a good way. Like yeah. it's good to be a fanboy sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. uh, but also too the crowd that I saw with Midnight Show they were all up in it so it was it was fun for me I I didn't see anything that I really had a, a complaint about if I did it, it for me it kind of feels like nitpicky yeah just being a little bitch yeah <laughs> yeah like some people you see on those forums yeah uh, what about you um there was one thing but then you explained it to me and I realized I just I missed it um with the uh, Bruce Banner at the end. I don't. I don't want to give anything away. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember what I was telling you earlier. Right. Um, and that was more me because I went with my kids, so there were times where I was looking away from the movie and explaining something to my son or explaining something to my daughter or taking my son to the fucking pissa because he can't go before the movie like a fucking told him to. <laughs> I did. I didn't see one of one of the fights. Oh. One of the fights in the beginning. I missed it. So um, it's hard. To, it's hard to explain that without you know, giving it away. Um, but to me, I, I liked it. I I don't really see, and I saw it with a clear head. I didn't, I mean, I was excited about an Avengers movie, but as you said, it's not my Holy grail. Yeah. You know, it's not like if I saw a justice league movie with like so many villains, like Batman villains or something, or you know what? The, a Justice League movie of when um, Joker got the cosmic power and he was killing Batman over and over again. Mm. Remember that? Yeah. That would be an amazing movie for that me. That would be, yeah. But um, I dug it. I mean, there's nothing, nothing, no complaints. I think the directing, the camera, everything was spot on. Um, I think the acting was all perfect. Uh, I know a lot of people were saying, oh... Scarlett Johansson's just a pretty face. Fuck you. She was the shit. She wasn't just a pretty. I mean, she's hot, but she wasn't just a pretty face, man. She handled that fucking role. Oh, and when and spoiler, when Joss Whedon was doing that reverse shot on Loki, and you saw like the shot of her ass in that suit. Oh yeah, that's always nice. Too. Yeah, that was just. Like, this is this is what I have to say about Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson is easy on the fucking eyes. We all know that, but you know that she's a great actress because I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to how hot she was yeah. in the entire movie. There was one or two times where they were wanted me to see how hot she was. And that, um, and you obliged that. them. Of course. Of course. Um, 
But the entire movie, her acting was so – I was paying attention to what she was saying. And you know a woman is good when you're listening to them, <laughs> right? Because you don't really listen to, to most women. Right, Not right. My wife. I, I, I don't know anything my wife said for the last five years. <laughs> Honestly, I think she's mute. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think the fanboyism gets in a way of, of, of really enjoying that this is the first time any geek culture – any whether it's be you know DC Marvel anybody in geek culture has a movie like this you know we we've never seen this type of movie with this many heroes in one and and such a broad canvas I I think the haters really need to kind of chill out yeah and go well, it's always gonna be hate is gonna yeah. hate yeah <laughs> but you know just go and enjoy it and go you know what and don't be mad at Marvel and don't be mad at their fans and don't be sitting there saying you what you gonna suck their cocks but get mad at DC. Because DC has had a built-in company, Warner Brothers, for years, yeah. decades. And I'm and I'm a huge DC fan. It's DC's fault yeah. that they don't have these movies at the same scale. They they had the chance. Yeah. And it's the thing is, is that Marvel took the risk. Yeah. First. Marvel's like, you know what? Let's make this movie thing serious. And now DC's flying on the coattails of Marvel. Right. You know. So I mean, oh, another another um. When the new Superman movie comes out, I'm really excited about that. I'm going to go there geeking out. And then <laughs> if they make a Shazam movie. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I'm going to tell you, one, because it would be ludicrous. And two, it's Shazam. <laughs> I just want to go so I can hear, Shazam! <laughs> <laughs> I'll scream it in the theaters. Oh, my God. I actually really liked Shazam when I was a kid. Um, I like Shazam, too. He, yeah, he's just badass. Uh, or a spirit movie. I'm, I'm looking at a list now, so let's good. just trailing off. Um, well, I guess in the same vein, also it was free comic book day on Saturday. It was. Um, I went to uh, Collector's Paradise out here in the Valley. You, you guys probably have heard us mention it before on the podcast. They had, um, you know, but the cool thing, uh, the, at, they have two locations. They have one in Pasadena and one in uh, in Canoga Park, which we've been to both. Um but at the the one that I went to, they had a Ed Brubaker who um, has a new comic out called um, Fatal, who does Winter Soldier right now. He's done Captain America, Incognito, uh, Joshua Felkove, I think is his name, but he's done um, I Vampire, uh, Jim McCain, who's done um, he's a he's done Mind the Gap and uh, Return of Dapper Men. His artist Rodden Esquale. Who does who's done the cover for Mind the Gap, but also does the covers for Morning Glory, and um, Sonia Obak, and she was doing a lot of like uh, sketches. Like you brought in a picture, she drew it, like right there. I love that shit. Yeah, and she does uh, uh, Mind the Gap, X twenty three, Witchblade, Darkness. So yeah, she was just like Darkness. That's not <laughs> racist. <laughs> but it was cool because I saw this lady come in and go, "Can you?" do this picture but like give her angel she's like okay and she's holding the phone in one hand and she's sketching it out like right there i'm like that's badass damn and not looking at the page yeah she's holding the phone sketching it and telling someone what she wants from subway yeah <laughs> uh. <laughs> while she's texting with her foot you know was she was she cute uh that fucker right yeah i mean she two, had a... two full extra points when you're a comic book artist and yeah. a chick first of all and 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 just so you know, she had um, the Hunger Games pin, the the Mockingjay on one lapel and on the other one, 
she had a TARDIS. Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, if if you're a geek, this was a great weekend for you. And then of course there was Star Wars Day on Friday. Um, may the May the Fourth be with you. And uh, so I I sat back and enjoyed the original 1977 Star Wars. Right. And uh, that was a cool thing. Like I I had told uh, John, I go, you know what? I go, even without the enhanced special effects, the 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 movie still stands on its own because in the end, it's story and character that comes through. Everyone was telling me, did you watch Star? I'm like, no. And they're like, why not? I'm like, because I've seen them a bazillion times. And because I'm not that crazy of a Star Wars fan. I am a Star Wars fan, but I'm not like, oh my god, I have to watch it. And I, I <laughs> what I did was typical myself. I posted a lightsaber battle of two hot chicks who were half naked and wet. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I just, I was like, uh, you know, there was nothing on TV. And I go, you know what? I'm going to throw on the original Star Wars just ch- and just watch it. And, uh, I mean, you know. But uh, no, we didn't. Ha- I didn't have a Star Wars party or anything like that. But uh, just chilled and watched the original. Yeah, there you go. Every day is a Star Wars party. You don't need. Yeah. A, you don't need a holiday. When you're a Jedi, that's, that's just right. how it is. You know. That's the, by the way. Um, I, I forget what form it was. Um, but I had to put what religion I was because I, I recently moved to Arizona, so I'm filling out a lot of documents. I put Jedi. <laughs> I put other. And it said, please explain. And I put Jedi. <laughs> and I almost put Jedi, bitch. But I didn't. <laughs> I put Jedi. And you know what? I want that shit to happen like in Australia. I want Jedi to be a recognized. It will never happen. Oh, yeah. It'll never happen. If it's not Christian, it's mm. not going to happen. Yeah. I, I, I don't even think Buddhism is considered a, <laughs> a valid religion here. Um, Jedi, dude. Pencil yeah. it in. I'm telling everybody. Pencil it in. <laughs> I'm calling That's it. <laughs> somewhere in the government. If you – somewhere in official government, United States government documents, if you look up my name, please don't. I don't know what, what you're doing. But if you look up my name, it will say religion Jedi. That's amazing to me, and I'm very proud of that. Oh, man. So I'm an official Jedi. You're just a fucking poser, dude. I'm, I'm a fucking on-document Jedi. Right. Oh, man. Well, on that note, I think it's time we jump into the news. Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, if you wanted another reason to hate life being a Dish Network customer, um, it seems that you have another reason to hate life because it seems that right now Dish Networks may be dropping one of its most watched cable channels. AMC. Fail. Yeah, the cable channel that brings you The Walking Dead, Mad Men, and The Killing are, is, are slated to be dropped from Dish Network lineup by the end of June. They are claiming that the issue has to deal with the price of the channel versus actual viewership. Deadline is reporting that Dish is claiming that their decision is based, quote, solely, in quote, due to their high renewal cost when compared to low viewership. Dish uh, will make alternative high uh, value channels available to your to our customers as replacements. How are you going to replace the channel that star- that carries The Walking Dead? Um, I know, right? Yeah, but you're you're steady, stupid. Yeah. So according to the satellite provider, the channel um, the channel has dropped so much in viewership that it's become too expensive to carry. Uh, can that be true? I mean, 
AMC Networks carries AMC, IFC, Sundance Channel, and WeTV. So you can see that one out of those three channels gets any type of audience. Mm-hmm. However, with AMC carrying the most popular shows on television right now, could it actually be the case of sour grapes between Dish and AMC? Deadline is reporting that AMC is claiming that Dish is dropping their channel simply because of a 2008 lawsuit AMC filed against the provider after dropping the Voom suite of, of HD networks. The trial judge has so sharp has some sharp words for Dish. He said that they had shown a quote pattern of egregious conduct and questionable and at times blatantly improper litigation tactics. End quote. Dish has tried to appeal the case, but their two attempts to get the ruling overturned was rejected, and the lawsuit is free to move forward. And, uh, quote, within days of the denial of Dish's final avenue of pretrial appeal, Dish informed uh, AMC Networks that its intention to drop its award-winning networks, um, the rep- programmer says in a release in the morning, um, the other morning. Uh, this is just one of the problems that cable for cable and satellite providers have. Uh, this is the kind of tactic that is forcing people to view their content elsewhere, uh, especially with Netflix. Dish even stated that people can watch their favorite missed shows like Mad Men on, quote, other outlets such as Amazon.com, iTunes, and Netflix, end quote. Maybe providers and broadcast programmers should look at the petty arguments they cause as the reason to why people are turning towards streaming outlets. It's just, it's just fail, dude. It's yeah, like, it doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay, another thing that didn't make any sense this week. Um, earlier this week, there was a rumor floating around that Nexon... Uh, was about to put in a bid to purchase EA. I heard about um, that. Yeah, after everyone laughed a bit, we all wondered what exactly uh, was going on between the two companies. The South Korean social gaming company Nexon uh, are in talks with EA about Asian distri- distribution of EA's FIFA Online series. As you can more than likely gather, this makes a hell of a lot more sense. Than Nexon trying to buy EA. Mm-hmm. Um, Bloomberg, Bloomberg reports that these people, that oh, I'm sorry, Bloomberg reports that three people with <laughs> <That's> knowledge, <laughs> yeah, these people, three <laughs> three people with knowledge of the matter say, okay, say a deal is being inked between Nexon and EA for distribution of the online-based soccer game in Asia. It seems EA wants to make use of Nexon's, quote, online servers and developers in Asia to bring FIFA online to Asia. Asia, Asia, Asia. This is something that Nexon can do for EA. It makes more sense than trying to buy one of the biggest video game publishers in the world. Maybe that lady had a point about Asia. Asia's (laughs) taking over. Yeah. One video game publisher at a time. Yeah, the, the, that rumor started around Monday, ended around Wednesday, was clarified around Friday. Yeah, just enough for a so, week, for a cycle. Right. <laughs> it was. I thought when I first read that, like Nexon, Nexon to buy, Nexon to buy EA. I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, yep. sure like, they are. Yeah, you start laughing, then you're like, okay, seriously. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously, what are you smoking? Uh, well, a- another thing that doesn't quite make sense. 
If you haven't picked up your Kindle from your local, tar- your local Target store, you may want to do it quickly, although you have many alternatives to choose from with Best Buy, Walmart, and even online retailers. But it seems that Target is no longer going to carry that particular e-reader. They expect to have their entire line gone from stores by the end of spring. Citing a conflict of interest, according to The Verge, Target made it official that they will discontinue their business with Amazon, but will continue to support other e-readers like the Nook and Apple's iPad. If you haven't noticed in your local Target store, they are making a specific location to display the precious iPad devices. In my local Target, Apple products have a dominant display in the middle of the electronics section, while the other e-readers are shoved by over by two aisles. Kind of sad. In, uh, quote, Target continually evaluates its product assortment to deliver the best quality and the prices to our guests, Target said in a statement. Target is phasing out Kindles and Amazon Light, Amazon and Kindle branded products in the spring of 2012. We will continue to offer our guests a full assortment of e-readers and supporting accessories, including the Nook. This makes sense since Amazon is the biggest competition that places like Target face. But to use the term best quality and price for our guests seems a bit steep since they're selling Apple iPads for the same price that everyone else is selling them for. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. In the end, most people know that um, most people that own a Kindle most likely have already gotten a Kindle. Most people that want to own a Kindle most likely have already owned a Kindle. If you don't, just order it online and you can have it in two days. You don't have to deal with the long lines at Target. Yeah, Target does have long lines. I don't know why. Yeah, they have like 18 different registers, and only like three of them are ever open. They're better than Walmart, though. Oh, God. You're never getting your shit Yeah, Walmart. <laughs> You're not getting out alive from Walmart. You better move in, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Enough of this fucking around. All right. <laughs> Another worst-kept secret in the gaming industry has been officially announced, and it's either going to excite you or piss you right the hell off. Um... Z- Z- what? Oh, <laughs> Xenomax. Xenomax Online Studios has revealed that they are working on an Elder Scrolls MMO, as reported by Game Informer. The title will be set 1,000 years before Skyrim and focus on the Diedric Prince Molag Ball. If I didn't say that right, get get a fucking life if, if it's upsetting you. And I'm a Skyrim fan. <laughs> like If I'm saying it right, fuck you. Um, while he creates all kinds of problems for the land of Tamarel. Uh, the game is set to release for the PC and Mac. Uh oh, oh Mac's shit. gonna Mac's gonna get a game when the PC gets it. Wow, I That's know, and surprise. it's not made by Blizzard. Oh, <laughs> it will feature three different factions and even have some player-driven PvP conflict. Um, the stuff any MMO worth its salt would have nowadays. Uh, this is a quote. It will be extremely rewarding, finally, to unveil. Oh, unveil, unveil, <laughs> unveil, <laughs> unveil what we have been developing for the last several years, said game director Matt Ferfer, Ferfer, Ferrer, Ferrer, fuck you. The entire team is committed to creating the best MMO ever made and one that is worthy of the Elder Scrolls franchise. Now, keep in mind that this this title is not being worked on by Bethesda, who is the company that makes all the Elder Scrolls games. Um, <laughs> this may scare a few hardcore fans off from the start. I'm curious to see how this plays out and hope the game will be a success. Now, I hope the game will be a success. I hope every video game is a success because, you know, I like to be nice. But, <laughs> um, Elder Scrolls, the lore of Elder Scrolls 
is it's the la- it's not the last first person RPG, but it sure as hell is one of the greatest. And that is a dying breed. First person RPGs are not common as common as they were in the mid nineties. You know. So now they're going the MMO route. Now I'm actually happy that Bethesda isn't working on it. Because that means there isn't a chance of Bethesda saying, Well fuck this single player shit. We're just gonna make the MMO. Yeah. You know, so Bethesda can focus on what they do best. Um, Zenimax is the publisher. He keeps thinking you were saying Cinemax. I know, right? Zenimax. <laughs> Zenimax is the publisher. Um, Zenimax Online Studios is a new studio that they've created. Um, so that should be fun. Will I try it? Of course I will. Do I think it's going to be as good as the Elder Scrolls series? I do not. <laughs> not even a little bit. Because it's an MMO, so it's going to be a watered-down first person. It's not going to have – people are going to go to it expecting that really deep and rich storyline, and they're not going to get it. Yeah. Because it's an MMO. Go kill 15 of these and then tell Call me, me about it. Call me in the morning. It. Yeah, and I'll give <laughs> you some experience points. You know, Bring this to this person 1,500 times. <laughs> I don't know if anyone noticed, but I'm getting a little MMO burned out. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, I'm just like tired of it. Um, so yeah, that's you know that's mm-hmm. that story. Mm. Yeah. Well, one thing that we know by one of the one of the big things that we found out early on by running this site is that um, industry the industry loves rumors. Uh, this time, DC Comics is under the banner of the um, of the rumor mill. It seems that there could be a change coming in the DC Comics Superman. According to Bleeding Cool, they are claiming that the Teen Titans writer Scott uh, Lobdell uh, will be jumping onto the comic after the release of September's New 52 issue Zeros. Uh, this would be the third creative team to handle the book since it was rebooted last September. Dan Jurgen and Keith, Ke- um, Keith Giffen took over after George Perez left a month after the comic book was published. It's unsure about the musical ch- what about the musical chairs DC is playing with the creative staff, but it seems their creative staff either aren't good enough or um, aren't having a good time on these titles or something else is going on. Well, personally, I mean we're we're coming up to the the new 52 is coming up to their 10th issues on um, this month and it's either this month or next month. And I think it's about that time that they start going, okay, this isn't working. We might be able to do something better with this, and you know, blah blah blah. Yeah, so you're gonna I, start. That's you know, that's where you see new books and things being canceled and shit like that. Yeah, because I've been seeing like a lot more people like bailing, like uh, people are leaving because of conflict of interests, and just all. It seems to be a lot more people like, you know, being, oh, these guys are coming in last minute replacing these people. It's just a little weird. Well, another thing, too, I've noticed with DC, and we were talking about this earlier, DC is very focused on making sure all of their books are connected now, which is like Marvel does it. That's fine. You know, well, it's not fine because that's how Marvel does it. I'm just saying it's fine. So a lot of people that have worked with DC in the past might not like that. They don't have probably don't have as much freedom anymore because they got to worry about what these five books are talking about. Right. You know, so maybe that's why there's some reshuffling going on. Who fucking knows? Mm. All I know is if they fuck shit up, I'm going to be pissed off because right now they're on a roll with some of these fucking stories. Detective is on fire right now. <laughs> Anybody fucks with Detective, I'm going to be pissed off. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you'd, you'd be pissed off anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I'm pissed off right now. Yeah. <laughs> You know what my secret is? I'm always, always angry. angry. Yes. All right, all right, all right. Fucking uh, spoiler bullshit. All right. <laughs> all right, time for some new releases. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, no, that's right. You got... This this is my, my best article of the week. Don't be fucking with me. <laughs> and you put it at the bottom. I pointed out, because save the best for last. I fucking called this bitch out. Um, and I'm not I'm not for Call of Duty or for Battlefield. They're both first person shooters and they're both fine. Um, but this was funny. Uh, the months the mudslinging has already begun in regards to the announcement of Black Ops 2. EA Global Production or I'm sorry EA Global Product Manager Kevin O'Leary. Hey, did I did I'm Irish, so I can I can do that. He's probably drunk um, at the time. Yes, that's true. You can't do that. Fucking racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and- it's, oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. They're technically white, so anyone can make fun of them. Right. Sometimes I forget. Um, says Activision's latest Call of Duty game is, quote, tired. And it's kind of a fucked up thing to say because you don't really say that that much. Why do they love just think? oh, my God, it's just fucking annoying, dude. Check it out. This isn't a tweet. A tweet on O'Leary's official Twitter because that's the only way we get news now is Twitter. Yeah. Um, account reads. Quote, poor Black Ops 2, you look tired. You should take a year off and rest. <laughs> right? So while O'Leary didn't go into further detail about the tweet, it's safe to say he feels there are too many Call of Duty titles on the market. With the EA first-person shooter Medal of Honor Warfighter, which I'm excited about, um, the sequel to 2010's Medal of Honor, which I'm really fucking excited about, yeah. um, being shipped three weeks before Black Ops 2, it's no wonder why he's a bit peeved. Um, of course, when we look at release dates, both EA and Activision are guilty of the same thing. Although Activision has been added a bit longer. Here's a breakdown for you. Okay, so Activision. Call of Duty 2, 2005. Call of Duty 3, 2006. Call of Duty 4, 2007. Uh, World at War, 2008. Modern Warfare 2, 2009. Black Ops, 2010. Modern Warfare 3, 2011. There's a few more in there, too, but you get my point. Hmm. Um, now, EA, DICE, you know, Battlefield Bad Company 2, 2010. Medal of Honor, 2010. Battlefield 3, 2011. Medal of Honor 2, 2012. So, it seems like EA is taking a move straight out of Activision's playbook <laughs> and releasing first-person shooter titles every year. Yeah. Oh, sticking to a formula that they know will sell. O'Leary shouldn't call out Activision for doing something that his company is doing as well. This can only get worse, hmm. uh, meaning the mudslinging, because the mudslinging is going to... I mean, mudslinging between um, Call of Duty and or EA and Activision when it comes to first person, it's like political shit. It, it's yeah. like selection year. You know, yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, I just thought that was funny because I, I read it and everyone jumped on it. Everyone was like... You know, O'Leary's fucking speaking the truth. He is speaking the truth, but he needs to fucking take a look in the mirror because his company's doing the same fucking thing. Yeah. Because it's making money. Well, I mean, I saw the trailer and I was like, wow, uh, Activision has finally jumped the shark. Future now? We're dealing with the future? Yeah. I was just like, oh my god. I mean, a lot of of them are doing future shit now. Yeah, I don't know. I I think Black Ops 2... And I've said this to a couple of people now. I think Black Ops 2 will be better than Black Ops 1, but that's not saying much because I did not like Black Ops 1. I didn't like the storyline of Black Ops. I, I thought it was lame. I didn't. I I just fucking thought it was stupid. The zombie shit was cool. 
yeah that part but i just i didn't think it was you know maybe i'm being too harsh i didn't think it was stupid but i thought it was weak compared to some of the other ones it it was boring to me i didn't really care about the characters except for ice cube of course because of course you know um i don't want to get shot (laughs) i love his first lines like yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but I just I don't know I just, I didn't dig it that much. I mean I, I I saw the trailer and I was like really guys really this is what we're going with and it's already pre-ordered more than Modern Warfare four or Modern Warfare three. Black Ops two could be a Hello Kitty game yeah. and would buy it because yeah. it's called, and, and and that's fine you know whatever but see the thing is and I've read the statistics too almost every first person shooter takes a loss. Unless it's made, it's a Call of Duty game or a Battlefield game. Almost every single one um, takes a loss because everyone buys these games. They buy call, the Activision games and the EA games, so they can do whatever they want, and 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 people will buy the shit out of it. People people pre wanted to pre order Black Ops Two before they even see it saw a trailer. That's they true. Two and they're like, oh, I gotta I gotta fucking pre order it. What's going on? You know, and I think that's fine. You know, whatever. I'm getting kind of first-person shootered out, too. There's yeah. too fucking many on the market, dude. It's getting old. It's it's just getting old. It's getting fucking old. Yeah. Uh, I got into the beta for um, uh, Future Soldier. And I still haven't fucking played it. Because <laughs> I'm busy getting busy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jesus. Let's go to the releases. Quit fucking around. All right. Well, we got uh, new to Netflix streaming. We've got Bob Burger, Bob's Burgers. The More cons- episodes on that one. Yeah. The uh, Conspirator documentary, Hoarding, Buried Alive. New episodes. Uh, Top Gear UK, new episodes. We've got Snatch, Hannibal, Sneakers, Groundhog Day, Top Gun, of course, and Kevin Smith, Burn in Hell. What do we got uh, in games? Real quick, the conspirators documentary about Lincoln's assassination. Just real quick, just want to throw that out there. Big pimping. Games pretty light. Uh, Minecraft for the Xbox 360 comes out. Um, if you haven't played that to death, um, <laughs> Starhawk for the PS3 comes out, which is pretty sick, and Street Fighter X Tekken for the PC, which is cool. <laughs> uh, theaters very light week this week. Uh, Dark Shadows comes out which i kind of want to see and god bless america the um bobcat goldwaith film just go see the avengers again yeah (laughs) uh in dvd this week we've got chuck the fifth and final season dirty dancing 2 film collection uh Mm. the front line gremlins there for you by the way yeah yeah Mm -hmm. uh gremlins 2 the new batch on blu-ray yeah and eric's billion dollar movie um Underworld Awakening, yeah. Kate Beckinsale in that outfit. Mm. Those I movies s- are good too. I dig those movies. I want to just see her in 3D. What um, do you you call them? They're popcorn movies. Yes. Yeah. Especially with her in that lycra. The Vow, which forget I even said. A uh, couple Shit. of Doctor Who classic movie, uh, classic uh, series is out. Dragonfire, Nightmare of Eden, and The Happiness Patrol. The Big C, complete second season, and Tora, Tora, Tora on Blu-ray. Every time I hear the name of that movie, I think, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. What do we got in comics? Starting with DC. DC Comics. Uh, If I don't say the number, it's issue nine. Batgirl. 
Batman Volume 1, The Court of Owls. Court of Owls is, is kind of dope. Little thing popping off. Um, Batman, Batman and Robin. Batman Arkham Unhinged Number 2. The Bible hardcover, <laughs> right? Comic book Bible. I might read that. Um, Brightest Day Volume 2 trade paperback. DC Universe Legacies trade paperback. Deathstroke, Demon Knights, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, or Agent of Shade, as I put it. Um, <laughs> Green Green Lantern, uh, Grifta, Justice League International Volume 1, um, Signal Masters. As you can see, they're putting the first few issues of these new ones into trade paperbacks so you can catch up. Um, Legion Lost, The Legion of Superheroes Archives, Volume 13, hardcover. Night Force 3 of 6, Resurrection Man, Suicide Squad. Um, Superboy and Superman Grounded Volume 1, which I want to get because I missed that. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. In Marvel this week, if I don't say the number, it's because I forgot. Uh, <laughs> 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 Amazing Spider-Man Parallel Lives Number 1, Astonishing X-Men Volume 7, Mon- uh, Monstrous Trade Paperback, Avengers Academy Second Semester Hardcover, Avengers Assemble Number Three, Avengers by uh, Brian Michael Bendis Volume Three Hardcover, Avengers the Cro- uh, Crossing Omnibus Hardcover, uh, Avengers the Private War of Doctor Doom Hardcover, Avenging Spider-Man Number Seven, Captain America Number Eleven, Captain America and Hawkeye Six Thirty, uh, Deadpool Fifty Four, Essential Black Panther Volume One Trade Paperback. Halo, Fall of Reach Covenant, trade paperback, Hulk 51, Hulk Smash Avengers number 2 of 5, Journey into Mystery 637, Magneto Not a Hero, trade paperback, uh, Marvel Masterworks, The Avengers Volume 12, hardcover, uh, Marvel Universe, The Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes number 2, Marvel Zombie Destroy number 1 of 5, uh, New Avengers 26, Oz, Ozma of Oz, trade paperback, uh, and that's a direct copy and paste too, so I didn't fuck that one up. Nice. Uh, Powers volume Powers Volume Six: The Sellouts Hardcover Publisher uh, Punisher Publisher uh, Punisher Eleven Publisher. <laughs> <laughs> we just found the new comic book here. Yeah. Uh, Punisher Eleven Scarlet Spider Number Five Silver Surfer Parable Hardcover Spider Man Identity Crisis Trade Paperback Spider Man. Season one hardcover. This they uh, it was originally misplaced in the release. I think I rest, read it like a couple of weeks ago that it was supposed to be out. But uh, the first couple of professional, yeah, people standing in line for that <laughs> shit. The first couple of um, pages were actually available today on Saturday uh, for uh, free comic book day. So it was a, a bit of sample of what season one is, and definitely be pick pick that up. Uh, Takio number one, Thing, The Serpent Crown Affair, hardcover, Ultimate Comics, The Ultimates number 10, Ultimate Comics, X-Men number 11, Uncanny X-Force 25, uh, Wolverine 306, Wolverine and the X-Men number 10, X-Men Legacy 266, X-Men Mutant Genesis 2.0, hardcover. Uh, why don't you take the first batch of other distributors? No, I'm good. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> From Dark Horse, we have Alabasta Wolves number two of five, Blood Blockade Battlefront Volume Two Trade Paperbacks. A lot of bees in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season Nine Issue Nine, FLCL Omnibus Trade Paperback. Nice. Lobster Johnson The Burning Hand. That just sounds fun, right? Five <laughs> of five. Uh, Savage Sword of Conan uh, Volume Eleven Trade Paperback, and Star Wars Night City Old Republic War Five of Five. 
Okay, from IDW, we've got Anne Rice's Servants of the Bone hardcover, Archie's Sunday's Finest hardcover, yeah. Dead Rising Road to Fortune trade paperback, Doctor Who Classic Series 4, num- issue 4 of 6, Dungeons and Dragons Forgotten Realms number 1, Frankenstein Alive, Alive 1. Uh, number one, G.I. Joe 13, Memorial 5 of 6, Night of 1000 Wolves, uh, number one of three, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Colored Classics, number one, Transformers The IDW Collection, volume six, hardcover, and Trio, number one. And in Image this week, <laughs> Artifact, <laughs> Artifact 17, Choka volume one trade paperback, Fatal number one. Chokovich, trade paperback. Fatale number five, uh, forgetless, live to see last call trade paperback about drinking. I guess I don't know what that. <laughs> uh, Green Wake volume two, lost children trade paperback. Invincible ninety one, morning glories eighteen, and Walking Dead ninety seven. Yes, you had a lot of collectibles in here this week. I did. Um, Dragon Age two embroidered patches um, from the different you know groups, the Shantri. Or, I'm sorry, the Chantry, the Kirkwall, Quinari, and the Templars. So, you know, whoever you roll with, man. Um, Batman Black and White Statue from Sam Keith. Also, Batman, Batman Black and White Statue from Jim Lee. Uh, Batman Arkham City series, Riddler, Catwoman, Hush, and Mad Hatter have come out. Nice. Um, Green Lantern animated series, Hal Jordan, Marquette. Well, how do you say that? Uh, Marquette? fucking statue fuck this french shit <laughs> right all right anyway justice league batman action figure which is actually pretty badass if you want to go pick that up um i didn't put prices uh mainly because i forgot but also these aren't <laughs> it's just because i forgot um i do want to put the ju- what the justice league one is though hold on everybody wait everybody fucking wait god damn it I'll just keep talking to stall. Do do do. Okay. Um, it's fourteen dollars. It's actually really. It's just cool. It's just cool looking, and I like action figures because they move and shit. Um, so yeah, pick that up for the kids, or if you want, buy it. Send it to me, and that's fine. Or just simply buy it for yourselves. Who cares? No. <laughs> kids or me. That's it. <laughs> oh, is that it? That's right. Oh my god. Okay, and uh, we're doing a group. A group. Uh, <laughs> we're doing for recommendation this week. Me or Steve and I have uh, have joined together for the for the greater common good, good the greater good. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna go ahead and tell you all to see Avengers. If you haven't fucking seen Avengers, what are you doing? Yeah. What, what do you? you do? If you listen to this podcast and you haven't seen Avengers, you you need to get some cash assistance from DES and go see that <laughs> shit because it's important. Yeah, don't be that guy. Yeah, don't be that guy. Don't be the guy around the water cooler at work, unless you're getting the cash assistance. You're not going to work. But don't don't be the guy that's with your friends. Oh, that's for, and then this part and this part. Oh, don't spoil it, dude. Don't be that dude. Yeah. Don't be the one dude that can't spoil it. Then no one can talk about the movie. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, that one dude. Oh man. Uh, so this week was actually kind of interesting. Uh, there's been kind of a um, I don't know what do you want to say like two separate people talking about one particular issue. Yes. And uh, that issue, which is kind of under the collar of uh, what do you call it, 
in the craw of some people about uh, video games, about used video games to be precise. Right. And uh, now uh, I forgot to link my my uh, my story with that. Yeah, so did I. So, uh, but I found mine first. Oh, uh, okay. I'll go ahead <laughs> while he finds that. Um, so I had a story from Dice in interim CEO and executive producer Patrick Bach. Um, feels blocking the sale of used games would be good and bad, uh, depending on how you look at it. So he says, I think it's a loss if it only means that you will be able to get fewer games for the same money. But in theory, you could see it the other way because a lot of companies make games today, making games today are struggling based on secondhand sales. He goes on to say, if you think there are too few new IPs on the market, no one can take that risk if their game is at risk of being resold too many times, which makes sense um, in a business respect. He's telling you why people don't make new. That's why you have so many Call of Duties and so many fucking battlefields and stuff like that. Uh, He goes on. So on the positive side. Oh, wait, I skipped one. (laughs) So da, 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 da. so on the positive side, you could see more games being created because of this, because of the blocking of, of used games uh, being sold. And also more new IPs because there'd be a bigger market for games that didn't have uh, that didn't have, for instance, multiplayer. There could there could be awesome single player only games while you can't really do these these days because people just pirate them, which is sad. Um Last thing he says, if you want to buy as many games as possible, then this could be a problem, um, the blocking of used game sales. But if you want more diverse games, then it's a more positive thing than negative. The only thing I know is that people are not doing it to be evil and stupid. It's about trying to create some benefit for consumers. So I agree with what he's saying on the basis that companies do take the safe way out. Because they can make more money that way. Will that change if they can't sell? No. But it might give them a little more leeway to take more risks. To say, you know what, I have this idea for a brand new game. Well, let's check it out. Like they used to do back in the day. Right. Back in the day, like games like Psychonauts were coming out and shit like that. You see that in the indie sector now, but you don't see it from the big the big guys anymore that much. Well, the big guys have all become bored you know, boards and shareholders and things like that. Exactly. And, and so it's become more corporatized. So now it becomes of what can we guarantee is going to make money. Yeah. Um, on uh, on the story that I, I had posted was the clarification that the Crytek, de- uh, Crytek developer, director of creative development, uh, Rasmus Hojengard, uh made a uh, – that sparked some outrage. He apparently, in an interview, he stated that uh, if new next-gen consoles, he stated that next-gen consoles that wouldn't play used games would be, quote, absolutely awesome, unquote, from a business perspective. Now, to me, that makes sense from a business perspective. However, from the consumer perspective is the side that it was outraged over the comment, and then he was backpedaling earlier this week. Quote, 
my comment made in in the interview released on the 24th of April touching upon blocking sales of used games was not intended to be taken seriously or representative of the opinion of Crytek, he told the site. Now I, now, I have two perspectives on this, one from the gamer side and one from the business side. Uh, you know, it, from the business side, I really don't think he needed to clarify the statement. Too many people forget that gaming developers are here to make money. They are businesses. For those people that purchase games, they are the reason that developers can develop and make money, uh, make more games for us to enjoy. And the fact that used games exist is some is simply because of content. Most, and you know, this flips to the game side, is that most game developers make money when a person purchases a game new or from online or physical retailers. When they go to places like GameStop, they don't necessarily make much money on them, if any at all. Not sure how the buyback process works. But, you know, they... You know, and then of course getting all the free content. And we've covered this before when we talked about like DLC. And and to me, from a business standpoint, it makes perfect sense. And I understand people get outraged and people get pissed off, but the companies are there to make money, and none of us are going to fault them for that. At some point, we have to take responsibility to you know uh, to to not buy these games. Right. To sit there and go, you know what? I'm tired of this shit. I'm not going to buy the new Call of Duty game or the new Mario game or, you know, whatever. You know, uh, I, I, we don't have to spend the money on those games. And a lot of the reason for used games is because of price. I think price is a very, very big issue from a gamer perspective. You know, the, there are so many games out there right now that aren't worth the $60 price tag that's on them. Right, and that's something I even mentioned at the end of the article I was reading from, where if we're going to block used games, the price of the new ones needs to come down. Yeah. Because we have games that are a year old that are still at the 60 mark, and that's ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you got prices for handheld games between 30 and 50 bucks? Yeah. 50 bucks, that's the cost of an old PS2 game. Or if it's a big ticket, especially if it has heavy multiplayer. Like Call of Duty and Battlefield, they're still 60 bucks. Oh, yeah. They've been out for a while now. Yeah, there's no need for it to be there. When you're sitting there telling us that, and, and these are these go for a lot of games gaming sites. We don't really deal with that. We kind of sit there and we're the we're the one guys that sit there and go, really? You know, when you have games like, you know, I mean, sites like uh, like GameSpot or um, IGN and all of them theorizing, should there be, you know, the 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 PlayStation Vita has been out for about a month now. Shouldn't there be a price drop? Yeah, because they're not. It's like no, they've only been out for like a month, but yet nobody's bitching or complaining about uh, uh, Battlefield Three that's been out since November, or Modern Warfare Three that's been out since October, October or November, can't remember. But and they're still sixty bucks. You know, I don't get that. I don't. That makes I, no sense. It doesn't make any sense. And you know, people should. The thing is, like for me, I look at, and this is like what we said about um, DC, like people hating on Marvel because they're doing something DC's not doing. People need to redirect their anger. They need to, instead of blaming, you know, like, you know, instead of blaming uh, the companies for, well, you you cost game, you know, games are so expensive and all this stuff, yet bitching and complaining while you're handing over your cash, much like the fan, like the haters that. 
you know, bitch and complain about George Lucas as they're paying to buy the new set. Yeah, you know, of as Star they're Wars. in line. Yeah, as, George Lucas. Yeah, you know, they're they're sitting there going, "Fuck you, George Lucas, you piece of shit." As you're swiping your card, entering your pin code to buy the thing. Yes. There's got to be a point where we got to sit there and go, "You know what? No, games wouldn't cost so much if we wouldn't pay that price for them." We're not gonna take. Pretty much, if if we stopped buying new games and everybody started buying old games or used games and we started paying the 20 bucks or the 10 bucks for those online passes so we get the dlc companies would sit there and go whoa what's going on why aren't we making money on these games exactly and then suddenly you'll be like well people are complaining because they're too expensive but if you're still if you're still making you know making you know 30 million dollars on a game at 60 bucks a pop what's the incentive they're just hearing people bitch about something that you know a small and and to be honest i don't think people buying used video games is taking that much out of their pockets no it's like the, it's like avatar made what like a gazillion dollars when it was out in the in the movie theater yet they're saying oh yeah and that movie was heavily pirated you still made a what gazillion is, dollars it's not that they're stealing money it's an opportunity to make more money yeah you know like they're still making a silly amount of money yeah, but they they're like, well, we could make even more money yeah, if and people it, weren't allowed to buy it used or pirate it or whatever. Yeah, and see the, the the problem is is yeah, and that's the thing. Like you know, the the publisher side is greed. Right. They want as much money, top dollars as they can get. Gamers, on the other hand, want it to come down, but yet at the same time, well, yeah, I want it to come down, but I really want to play that game. It's like, well, then. If you really, you know, if you're complaining, it, it's got to be either complain about price or shut the fuck up. Yes. If you're going to pay 60 bucks on it, shut up and pay it and stop your complaining. Otherwise, wait for the, you know, game of the year edition, get all the DLC, pay a lower price, and be done with it. Yeah, you're going to play a game like, what, seven, eight months later after everybody else has played it, but who gives a shit? Yeah, it's 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 a double-edged sword. It's people complain that um about them wanting to take the used games off the market, but then they don't want they want to pirate or they don't want to they just want to buy used games. They don't want to buy any new games. And when you're buying a used game, you're only like let's say you buy a game from GameStop, you're only giving GameStop money. Yeah, you're not giving money to the publisher. And there are a lot of people out there, and I've I've been like this when times are I don't have a lot of money, where you're only buying used games. You know, you're not buying any new games. So that means you're a customer on the market that's not making the gaming industry any money. And I think a lot of people they get so wrapped up in their emotions towards video games that they forget that it's a business. Yeah. Just like every business, it runs off of money. And if money is being sucked from somewhere, then they need that. They need those funds, and they're gonna, you know, do what they can to get it. And on the flip side, going back to stuff like the um, Avatar stuff, if they see an opportunity to make more money, they're gonna jump on it. Oh yeah. You know, and they're, they're saying, oh well, if we can, you know, someone got the idea to block use games, and then everyone else was like, oh fuck shit, if we can get get that going. We can make tons of money because they'd have to buy it new all the time. Yeah, or not buy it at all. And this, this, Which is basically like how video games were back in the day. Yeah. 
I mean, and he, yeah, yeah, there's a luxury. When they were 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, 20 bucks. Yeah. 30 years ago was a little more money than it was now. But the thing is, is that you, you've got to remember, too, is that it's a, it is a double-edged sword, and I agree with uh, with your guys. Concerned. It is a double-edged sword because if they decide to say, okay, well, all these games that we're going to do are not going to be able to play used games, well, therein lies a problem. That's less of an incentive for people to buy the console yeah. because they're going to say, well, fuck you. If I can't play used games on it, then why should I upgrade? Then why should I get the next console? And, and then, But we're already seeing that happen anyway. Where you can't play, um, like the PlayStation originally, you could play PlayStation 2 games on it. Oh, yeah. But you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, they just did that with the Wii. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and and the problem that you get with that is that, yeah, there's going to be people that are like, well, I'm not going to spend 60 bucks on a game that I'm only going to play for about a week, finish it in a few hours, and I don't buy the DLC content or whatever. Because there are some people that do that. You know, because if the game is really good, then you'll buy the DLC content. Right. Otherwise, think of it this way. If all these games were really that good, there wouldn't be used games. Exactly. Because the only way that people get used games is because the publishers don't make a solid game and then sell it back. Unless you're one of those that are, you know, that's like, okay, well, I had it. Now I'm giving it up and I'm selling it or I need to make money. I need to, you know, you there are extenuating circumstances. But a majority of people are selling it because I played it. I don't want the DLC. The game was all right or it was cool, but I don't – they don't have any replay value. And I'm like that with games that don't have re- – I, I don't keep them. And that's something that's opposite from, from Steve. Steve keeps all his video games. Yeah. And once I'm done with a video game, I go right to GameStop and I get store credit for it. I have no use for it anymore. Yeah. So um, now that's – it depends on the game. Um, a but game I, that has tons of DLC, I wouldn't trade in. But Yeah. But if you also know too, I don't have a lot of video games. No, like, I'm very selective on what I get. I've probably bought way more video games than Steve. Yeah. But he owns more. <laughs> <laughs> I retain more. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, is like, yeah, because, you know, unlike other gamers, I don't buy everything that comes out the gate. I'm okay with waiting a few months to get yeah. a game. Like Uncharted 3. It came out, what, in like November, and I wanted it bad, but I ended up getting it for Christmas. That right. was fine. You know? Um, that's the best way to give me Yeah. Games. Fucking Red Dead Redemption. I got the Game of the Year edition. You know, and same that thing with the shit too. Yeah, and with Uncharted too. I got those late, but I got them as gifts, and they're awesome games. And the games that I do buy, yeah, I bought Modern Warfare Three, launch day. Battlefield Three bought launch day. Arkham City bought launch day. There are games that I will, La Noire launch day. You know, there there are certain games that I will get. And then you have gamers that buy every game on launch yeah. day. You know, and. That's not realistic for most people. Yeah, and but then then too is that people need to remember that they're in it to make money. If you didn't buy every single game, if you got nitpicky about what games you're getting, a lot of the game flow would slow down. And then you know if you go, oh well, this franchise is done really well, I'll buy that, or I'll you know, but I'm not gonna sit there and buy every damn game. You got to remember too that a lot of times people sell the games is because. They suck. Yeah. When you see the bins at like, you know, at like you see GameStop. a bin of 15 copies of Vampire Rain. Yeah. 
you know why Vampire Rain is in there. Yeah. Because it got like a two out of ten. <laughs> yeah, you see like, oh wow, look, Homefront's like seven ninety nine. And yeah. you're like, Yeah, well there's a reason why. Yeah. And then seven seven ninety nine's a little high for Homefront, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, but then also too, you gotta remember too, people like like GameStop, they're part to blame too. You get a used copy of Modern Warfare three and it's five dollars less or seven dollars less than a new copy, you know, yeah. you're gonna think, well, if I have to, if it's seven bucks less, and then I have to spend ten bucks for the DLC content, I might as well just buy the new one. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a complicated situation. It's one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's part the publisher's fault, and it's part it's our part fault. GameStop's fault, and it's part our fault. Yeah. You know, and and it's it's. I don't think it's ever. Whatever decision is made, not everyone's going to be happy. Yeah, and I and and the thing is, is that you know, with PS2 and all these other gaming consoles, games places like GameStop were never a problem. I mean, they didn't like them, but they keep using the 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 whole thing of of piracy. And this is something that everybody needs to to understand. Movie companies do this. The record companies do this. Now the video game companies are doing this. Anytime profits start to drop, yep, then they start blaming piracy, because I mean, you know, everybody and their mothers down pirates video games, which to me doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, I I I just don't. I don't know. I I. It's always the go-to answer. It's like the the cable companies. Netflix is the reason they're losing viewers, or you know, it's always easy to go to that. Oh, stores are going under. Oh, it's Amazon's fault. It, it's it's their refusal to take responsibility on themselves that one, people, the economy is getting tighter, so people aren't game video games are not a necessity. No, you know that's the thing, and that's it's the same thing that's happened in the comic books. Yeah, is when the when people's wallets get a little tight. They start cutting things that they don't absolutely need. Yeah. You know, and and for people who and everyone needs at least one thing to to unwind. But if if comic books or video games aren't their number one priority for entertainment, which makes sense for a lot for a lot of people, it's like, well, I can keep some money to go to the movies every once in a while, or go out with my friends, or take my wife out. Or I can keep money for video games. You know, I mean, it's obvious what's going to get cut. Yeah. That's what's happening. I mean, I'm going to be honest. That's what's happening around my spot. Money's a little tight. I haven't been getting video games. Yeah. Because you know, I can't afford them. Same here. You know, it's like I can't afford video games, so I don't get them. Yeah. I haven't been getting, you know, getting uh, a lot in the way of comics because I don't have money for it. That's the reason why the PlayStation, I mean, the PlayStation Vita is not doing well. Because it's not a necessity. Yeah, and everybody's broke. Because it is really, and you'll hear any game site mentions that the PlayStation Vita is not a necessity. It is a luxury. Yep. You know, I mean, it doesn't do what the iPad does. It doesn't do what an iPhone does. An so iPad the, and iPhones is fucking luxury too. Yeah, but some you can use them for daily purposes than you can a, a Vita. 
well, yeah, you can justify it a little bit yeah. easier, <laughs> but it's still luxury. No, I, it, it, it's, that's true. It's still a luxury item, but yeah. yeah, there's a better justification for that than it, than you would be to try to say like, oh, well, I, I, I need a PlayStation Vita. Well, why? So I because can... I'm amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Stop asking so many fucking questions. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. <laughs> Mind your own fucking business. <laughs> Don't make me go Ike Turner on your ass. <laughs> Shit just got real. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, we could talk about this probably all day, but in the end, it's just it. everybody has to take blame on this one because we're the reason why games are so expensive. And that reason is be, that's why publishers are getting more. And pe- publishers don't understand that, you know, people when economies get tight, people don't. You know, I gotta suck your dick so I can get that new Call of Duty game. You know, that, that doesn't happen. This is not a priority. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then, of course, you know, places like GameStop, you know, charge upwards to almost the original price. And I ain't paying shit to those other companies, to the publishers no. for it. So they're at fault, too. So, you know, it, it, there's a lot of blame in this to go around. And, yeah, I don't. If there is ever a solution, there's somebody's not going to be happy. It's the way it is, man. I mean, it's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. But on a personal, I hope that used game sales don't go because it is cool for those games that are older, like maybe a year or something old, and, and you know they're single player games or because I don't I don't understand that justification either. We don't make we don't make as many single player games because they're just going to be bought used anyway. If you make a quality single player game, people will buy it when it comes out, and people will keep it, and people will keep it. Yeah. And even if they don't keep it, who cares if they keep it? As long as they bought it, yeah. it doesn't matter. You know, it's because, it, it's because when you know it's the reason they're they're complaining about that is because the one person who buys it and then sells it. Somebody else buys it back, which is GameStop, sells it for probably almost regular price. And then somebody else, a second person, exactly. buys it, but they don't get the profit. So two people bought the same game, only paying one price to the developer. That's the problem. And then a lot of people are saying, well, stores like GameStop should just give them a kickback. But the problem with that is is then the prices are going to go up. Yeah. You know, so, And then no one's going to really give a shit. Because when I go to the shop, if you – like a popular game, like – Let's let's say Battlefield Three. If Battlefield Three sixty bucks and you go to buy it used, it's gonna be like fifty two. Yeah. So you're you're gonna sit there and go, well, why don't I just buy the new one? Because I'm gonna have to buy that fucking ten dollar thing anyway. Yeah, and it's gonna make it sixty two, and might as well. Yeah, just... or even if you weren't playing the ten dollars, you're gonna be like, well, it's a couple, you know, it's a couple couple dollars, man. I'll skip the strip club this week, you know, and I'll get the new copy. You can still go to the strip club. You can get two for one deals. I mean, it's whatever. I'm just saying that it's it's for newer games. It's ridiculous, and that's what the publishers are saying a lot of times. Oh, people aren't buying our new games. It's like, well, I don't know about that. Older single player games, yes, that's what most people buy used when they're bored and they got an extra twenty dollars in their pocket. Yeah, they'll get something like that. Oh, but, that's a good price. It's fifteen bucks. I'll get it. Yeah, you know. Like, but, oh shit, I missed that. I'm gonna yeah. pick that up. But then, but then too, when does it stop? When do we? Yeah. Okay, okay. Now you're renting games. Well, we don't like you guys renting games because then you're not buying them. So, you know, somehow we're gonna make these consoles, you know, not play rented games. You know, and honestly, it's it starts to sound like infringement of freedoms too. Yeah. 
you know, it's like we we're gonna tell you how how you can purchase our games. It's the only way you can do it. It's, it's like, well, I don't know about that. That yeah. that, that gets kind of weird. Yeah. So who knows, Ben? Uh, all right. Well, I think we've talked a bit on that one. A bit. A bit. Um, a bit. <laughs> So uh, I think it's time we uh, jump into some a douche a baggeray. Uh, yes, sir. All right. Well, my third douchebag is relatively short. Uh, in Australia, in front of an Apple store, the big story came up was there was a giant black bus parked in front of an Apple store, and a bunch of people dressed in black came out with signs holding it towards Apple customers saying, "Wake up." And everybody was like, oh, my God, what is it about? Well, you know, it's Samsung because Samsung is caught up in a legal battle with Apple. So they figured, oh, it must have been that. It was like this flash mob. Well, the Australian wake-up uh, campaign that included a flash mob protest outside of an Apple Sydney, a Sydney, an Apple Sydney store last week was actually sponsored by RIM. Really? Uh, yeah. Many were expecting Samsung to be behind the campaign, given its history of lampooning Apple and its upcoming launch of the next Galaxy on May 3rd. The Sydney store event featured dozens of black-clad protesters wearing wake-up signs piling out of a similarly painted bus covered before converging outside the store for yelling and chant- uh, some yelling and chanting. There's a video that um, came up there that reported the incident uh, that captured the thing. Uh as this website, The Age, points out, the source code for the Wake Up website was found to contain a double-click account identifier pointing to RIM's Australian site. Uh, the phone maker responded earlier that day with um, a statement reading, quote, We can confirm the Australian Wake Up campaign, which involved a series of experimental activities taking place across Sydney and Melbourne, was created by RIM Australia. A reveal will take place on May 7th that will aim to provoke conversation on uh, conversation on what being in business means to Australians. So, in my opinion... Rim is the one that really needs the wake-up call because no one gives a shit about Rim. No one. <laughs> not, not one fucking person. Not dude. one fucking person cares about Rim. So maybe Apple should have said, you know, when they held up the signs, waking up Apple employees should have held up signs that said, look in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> like most most people, when they even hear news about the Rim, they go, they're still around? Yeah. You know, it's it's... For those of it's you that, becoming sad. It is. For those of you that don't know what RIM is, and that would explain our point, uh, yeah. it's Blackberry. Blackberries. Yeah. Blackberries. Blackberries. What, is our, what does RIM stand for again? Research in motion. Yeah, motion my ass. Yeah. Research at a standstill. It should be, <laughs> it should be Raz, dude. Yeah, there you go. I, they've been stuck in – they've had the same – pretty much the same operating system for mm-hmm. fucking a decade. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I titled that one Really Rim? Really? 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 Yeah. So Really Rim. <laughs> so my second douchebag is Wow, dude. Really? Um if you're planning a trip to the dentist, you it might not be the wisest decision to make your appointment with the person to whom you just broke up. A Polish woman is facing 3 years in prison after she removed all of her ex-boyfriend's teeth during dental surgery just days after their breakup. Quote I tried to be professional and detach myself from my emotions, Anna McAwake, 34, told the Austrian Times. But when I saw him lying there, I just thought, what a bastard, and decided to take out all his teeth. Uh, 
Merrick Merrick Olzinski, 45, reportedly showed up to uh, McElwick's off, um, dental office complaining of a toothache just days after he broke up with her. She then allegedly gave him a heavy dose of anesthetic, locked the door, and began remi- removing all of his teeth one at a time. I knew something was going to, I was wrong because when I woke up, I couldn't feel any teeth and my jaw was strapped, um, strapped up with bandages, uh, Olzinski, uh said. She told me my mouth was numb and I wouldn't be able to feel anything for a while and that the bandage was there to protect my gums, but um, I wouldn't need, I would need to see a specialist, he said. I didn't have a reason to doubt her. I mean, I thought she was professional. Adding to his traumas, Olzenski said his new girlfriend had already left him over uh, left him over his now toothless appearance. <laughs> That's some that's some Joker shit. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm going to have to pay a fortune for getting indents or something. He said, uh, Macawag is currently being investigated for medical malpractice. Now, some of you may think the girl is the douchebag. Oh no! Oh no! It's the guy that's the douchebag here. Because really? yeah, because he broke up with a girl and thought, okay. I'm going to go to my ex-girlfriend whom I just broke up with for dental work. That's like getting a vasectomy from your ex-girlfriend. Yeah. You don't do that. He's the douchebag for going to her. And because it's, you know, you wouldn't think that that was a little weird. Yeah. You know, I mean, you couldn't find another dentist. 1-800-DENTIST. I mean. (laughs) 1-800-DENTIST. You just give him a call. So. Unfortunately, it's he's the douchebag in this one because if I had a – it's like going to an ex-girlfriend who's a doctor. You know, I have a little twinge in my arm. Well, let me put you under and see what happens, and then you wake up with your dick sewn to your forehead. It's your fault. Yeah. <sighs> I don't even know what to say. 1-800-DENTIST. 1-800-DENTIST, <laughs> motherfucker. Use it next time. <laughs> Get them teeth fit. <laughs> and then his other girlfriend leaves him because she probably left him because he was a douchebag. You That's went some joker your... shit. That's some joker shit, dude. That is true. And she didn't like me because of my scars. And I'm fucking crazy. And I said, I said, why so serious? Yeah. <laughs> uh, amazing. Yeah. What you got? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Thank you and good night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, after being pulled over for speeding, a motorcyclist – I don't like that motorcyclist uh, – clock traveling at speeds up to 170 miles per hour on the New York State Thruway uh, reported, reportedly was un- anything but remorseful. When told how fast he was going, he allegedly told troopers on Wednesday his bike could easily top 190 miles per hour, the trooper said. Uh Nicholas McCarthy, 25, was first spotted by a state trooper heading south on the thruway just before 1 p.m. on Wednesday in the village, in the village of Ravinia, New York, um, according to the New York State Police. The trooper noted his speed at the time, 166 miles per hour, as well as the license plate number on his Suzuki motorcycle as it slowed down in traffic. Uh, but after McCarthy sped up again, the trooper didn't follow him. Instead, giving out a description over the air, McCarthy was clocked by other troopers at other locations going between 150 and 170 miles per hour. So, put it in short terms, he was driving too fucking fast. <laughs> so, 
20 minutes and 50 miles later in new <laughs> fucking new york new york uh, state police take forever to pull somebody over seriously dude. um in new in new pelts uh new york troopers or new york troopers were able to stop mccarthy when he slowed down in traffic after being pulled over mccarthy told the troopers he was low on gas when he was advised of his speed he told them his motorcycle could go over 190 I uh, was being a little brag, you know. Yeah. Uh, McCarthy was arrested. In Hashtag with... humble brag. Nice. Um, McCarthy was arrested and charged with fleeing police, reckless driving, speeding, and operating out of class because he didn't have a motorcycle license. <laughs> He's being <laughs> held on twenty thousand dollars bail in the Al- Albany County Correction Facility. McCarthy's fine for speeding would be determined at his arrangement. A representative for the New York State Thruway told MSNBC.com. Um, so, yeah, he's just an idiot, really. First of all, going that fast on a motorcycle is always fucking stupid. Yeah. Those people are dumb because they think they're going to do whatever I want until they hit a pebble. Yeah. And then they fucking fly off the damn thing. So you're an asshole. <laughs> wasting, wasting cops' time. You're obviously wasting tons of their time because it's taking them forever to pull you over. Um, you know, just just fuck you, dude. You know what I mean? So that's it. So this next one, <laughs> this next one was it, it's really, I mean, the guy's kind of a douchebag, but not really. It's just such an amazing story <laughs> of like just one of those nights <laughs> that I just had to share it. Um, two British tourists who broke into an Australian theme park and stole a penguin. Following a drunken night out, have each been fined $1,030, according to reports. Uh, Ray's Owen, Owens Jones, 21, and Carrie Mules, 20, uh, appeared before magistrates in Brisbane Wednesday and pleaded guilty to trespassing, stealing, and keeping a protected animal, Australia's Department of Justice said. The two friends from Wales, wait a minute. British, fuck it, um, were arrested after breaking into SeaWorld on Queensland's Gold Coast during an alcohol-fueled, alcohol-fueled escapade on April 14th. (laughs) Fucking MSNBC, dude. Um, They also swam with dolphins and let off a fire extinguisher in a shack enclosure. That's nice. Piss off the shacks. Just push them in that tank, according to a BBC News report. The pair were in the country on a working holiday visa when the incident took place. They sneaked into the animal pack. Every time I see the word sneaks, it, it, sneaked, it reminds me of that uh, when Jennifer Garner went on Conan O'Brien. Oh, yeah. That's not a word. Da, 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 and he fucking just screamed at her, and it was amazing. <laughs> um, after drinking vodka at a beach party, according to a report on News Wednesday. So they were drinking some vodka and got fucked up. Um, they then snatched the fairy penguin. That's that's rude. Fairy penguin <laughs> called <laughs> Dirk uh, from an aquarium before walking up with the flightless bird in their apartment the following day. So the reason why they're they're douchebags is because they broke into a sea world, which is which is pretty douchebaggy for two reasons. One, it's a sea world, right? Yeah, you know, come on, and also. Penguins, you're in the Gold Coast of Australia and you brought a penguin to your apartment. It it would have been very easy to kill that penguin. It's a little too hot, you know. And that's kind of like that's fucked up because penguins are the shit. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so just, just douchebags all around. I just thought that was really funny. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just one of this like, oh, remember that night when we broke into SeaWorld and stole that penguin? You know, I mean, come on. Not, not many people have a story like that to tell. That is true. That's it's pretty. It's it, pretty amazing. I mean, we do, but I'm just saying. Oh well, yeah. The, we. Know. When don't we is really the. When is, don't we steal penguins? Yeah. Well, when don't we have a story similar to that? Yeah. I mean, jeez. <laughs> telling you right now. Uh. So. Hey, you know what? Actually. What? You know who's a true douchebag? The penguin. Why? And I'm not even gonna explain it. <laughs> the penguin's the douchebag. Uh. Well, well, explain to us the epic of the epically douchey this week. Um, the worst one. Let's see. Hold on, because now I'm all discombobulated. Uh, hold on one second, dude. I'm sorry. I'll be I'll be like ten minutes. Because <laughs> everybody's always up my ass. All right, editing done. All right, so. The biggest douchebag of the week, other than Steve, was, uh, was this um, fake Kickstarter project uh, called Mythic, um, which, honestly, I'm surprised it took this long for someone to take advantage of the whole Kickstarter craze. Yeah, because we were talking about it. I was like, wow, three years. Right. That's a long time. Yeah. So, because I was even thinking about that. Like, we could just start a Kickstarter right now and just make money. It could be for nothing. Yeah. So, um, online online crowdsource funding site Kickstarter continues to break new funding records. So, it's no surprise that some individuals would try to take advantage of the online community. One such attempt appears to have been the game Mythic, the story of gods and men. Um, Aus- what? Austin... Uh, the work of Little Monster <laughs> Productions. The game was described as an action and strategy-based RPG uh, that was being created by a team of 12, quote, industry veterans, right? Some of them allegedly form former Blizzard and Activision employees. Because that's the go-to. Yeah. You know, if you're a veteran. I, I used to work for Blizzard or Activision. Um, the product... the I'm sorry. The project has had raised almost 5000 of its $80,000 goal before users from a number of different online communities, including Rock, Paper, Shotgun, and Reddit. Reddit or Reddit, How do you pronounce that again? Reddit. Yeah, Reddit. Yeah, okay. Uh, notice it's it's one thirty in the morning, folks. Give me <laughs> notice several, several problems. The artwork had been cribbed from outside sources. The photos of the company's reported offices had been lifted from another site and even the game's poster ad was a mashup and being called out the the creators of the of the campaign canceled it <laughs> and, have, and have since been methodically deleting the game's facebook profile and website ironically the campaign page itself is still accessible including a video that features the alleged creative director of little monster productions himself as the kickstarter as a Kickstarter, we can't help but imagine we'll be seeing more of these scams in the future, whether the company, blah, blah, blah. That's just their personal shit. Um, so, yeah, super douchebags. They basically – and you see the little guy. He kind of looks like a younger Seth Rogen. So yeah, you should have trusted him right off the bat. It's funny. In the video, like strategically placed in the back, he's got a comic with Venom on it. Yeah. And he's like, got like these little nuanced geek things back there to kind of say, incredible. No. Oh, you know, I, I'm credible. You can trust me. 
so fail, dude. <laughs> it's just fail. And and then you look at the guy and he says he's a industry veteran. He looks like he's twenty. Yeah. You know, so I don't know what kind of veteran he is, but and on yeah, because we were talking about that. And you know how like some people get into get into it and stuff like that, but I just don't see how it hasn't it's it's taken this long. Yeah. For somebody to to try to get some free shit out of off of people. Uh, well, I think to to balance out his epically douchey uh thing. We're going to go with somebody who actually decided to take a different stance um, and uh, decided to say that Netflix isn't the magic bullet that all these studio big companies claim it is. And this was actually uh, this was actually in, 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 in response to Time Warner's theory as to why <laughs> this particular – company was losing people uh the bashing of netflix for the for their streaming service seems to go to the go to the problem for networks or studios that can uh just to see a dip in their viewership time warner has never shied away from the fact that they like making money and could hoard uh and will continue to hoard their content until it ceases to make money but some companies are viewing that concept as a silver bullet to explain away any problems modern day networks may face deadline is reporting over the last two days that the drop in viacom's nickelodeon viewership time warner ceo jeff uh, Books, I, I can never pronounce his name right, uh, claims that their channel, Cartoon Network, was up 14% and blamed their drop of their rival's viewership as a result of Netflix. Quote, Cartoon Network was up 14%, and we think part of the reason that we don't have our show um, – Part of the reason is we don't have our show spinning on a sub, uh, subscription VOD service, Book said. He claims that the network that puts hot shows on services like Netflix, quote, that runs the sprockets off and you're going to erode value. However, CEO of Viacom, Philippe Dumont, said, doesn't share that idea. He said to um, – this was uh, on the 3rd on the – that uh, there is no silver bullet. He admits that there has been a 32% drop in Nickelodeon's on, uh, audience, but he doesn't buy into the fact that you can blame Netflix for it. He cites that 25% of TV watchers get Netflix, and the amount of kids actually viewing content on Netflix would amount to about 2% of viewing time on the cable channel. He does believe that many, as with many showrunners, believe that part of the fault lies partly in audience capturing in the Nielsen rating system. He also mm-hmm. admits he also admits that there is a compelling there that there is compelling programming on some of his competitors' channels. This is the first time you'll see CEO take charge of a situation and not blame someone uh, for the wind changing direction. Dumont's ability to admit that some of their content may not be as strong as others and the flaw rating system is a good step in the right direction. Time Warner has always been in strong opposition of companies like Netflix because they don't want – they don't do anything to support cable channels. And to be honest, why should Netflix be responsible for supporting them? Um, I'm going to jump to the end here. When new technology comes into play, many companies begin to worry about profit margins. When the invention of the VCR, CD-ROMs, and MP3s, and all these companies believe that there was a massive exodus of people fleeing their content to get it for free. None of that has happened, and many high-minded artists and innovators are looking to embrace the new technology and create more profit uh, for the originators. Dumont's comments per- par- um, partially accepting blame for the drop in 
is summed up by the following statement. We, we've seen this in, um, level of impact on other major networks in the past, and we, we've overcome it. This is what we do. Yes, that is what you do, and yet you're, and you are still around. So I have to give uh, the CEO of Viacom – I have to give him props for actually sitting there going, yeah, we've seen it already. It's going to happen. <laughs> Chill. Keep it, giving them props for keeping it real. That's right. Yeah. So, in site comments, because we're running a bit long, um, you actually got a comment this week. Yay. Um, Peter Lloyd on my notch says EA is destroying gaming. Uh, hey, I got a comment this week, but it was the last article I ever wrote uh, for this <laughs> week. I think that EA, the EA are doing something quite good in releasing a range of indie games. There are, there are a lot of people who will overlook indie games for one reason or another, and if EA, EA are going to package market and put these games on shelves, uh, it would lead to more interest from the casual gamer who plays whatever game is currently popular and avoids the smaller indie games. And I agree with this dude, and as much as I love Notch, I think he was a little... He's a little oversensitive about EA doing stuff with the indie titles. Yeah. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. You know, I think I think he, you know, let, let's just let's just call a spade a spade. Um, his company's not exactly indie anymore. Yeah. You know, so I think we all need to kick back. A <laughs> uh, whole lot of wonder on uh, my review on my uh, article about uh, Samsung revealing the new Galaxy 3s. Great article. After all the hype, though, I was hoping for a game changer with the Galaxy S3. I do happen to agree with him. Yeah, it, um, we, it has quad-core, and it's going to have the Android 4.0. Um, however, I made a comment about the only having an 8-megapixel camera on it, which means it's just the same as the iPhone, uh, but it's going to have the AO, um, AOLED LED screen on it. And um, for high-resolution HD, so it could give the um, the Retina display some competition, but you know, I, yeah, I would have to agree with uh, with a whole lot of wonder here with the saying that yeah, I was kind of expecting more in certain areas, but so far all we've gotten, especially with this, it still looks like a sexy-ass phone, but yeah. I, I think it, it could have been a little more. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So, quote of the week. <laughs> Now, right. I, I'm going to have to explain this particular one because I don't want the Secret Service knocking at my door. Um, it, this this happened today, and uh, and I take – and Adam can attest to this. When you take rapid transit, you see some interesting people. Oh, yeah. This particular woman – in fact, I quote it as crazy lady on bus – came in on the bus stop. And was complaining, and it looked like she was on the phone at the time she got on and started complaining about owing money or, like, taxes or something like that. And then started cursing, saying this fucking bitch didn't know what she was doing, and I'm going to fucking pay my – I pay my fucking taxes. You you know, you can't – you're not going to give me my fucking money back, blah, blah, blah. And dropping the F-bomb like you wouldn't believe, uh, it eventually moved into Asians. You can't trust Asians because they're going to take over the company or the country – Moved to sexual harassment at some point that I think she was saying she was sexually harassed, but I don't think anyone with half a mind would sexually harass this woman. <laughs> um, and then got into uh, got into race and then started ranting on Obama. And uh, it was this particular moment that she's sitting there and she's talking to somebody just te- – well, 
not talking to, just talking at someone who's not even looking at her. You know how you do when those people that you don't want to, okay, I'll look away yeah. so they don't think I'm listening to them. Guy got up and left, the, got off the bus. She was still going. And this was the last quote. She had pressed the button to get off the, the bus, and the bus was about to approach her stop. And she's like, Obama's too busy fucking faggots, and Michelle is complaining. Why do I get the white? Tr- why do um, I get the white trash cock? Gets up, goes to the door, turns to the bus driver, and goes, "Thank you, driver. I hope you have a fantastic day," and gets off the bus. Crazy ass bitch. I saw that, and I was just like, "Oh my god, that is fucking hilarious!" And of course, wrote it down on my phone because I knew that that was just. A quote that I right that you just can't. <laughs> it must be shared. It must be shared. <laughs> so my quote is from the Avengers. I just thought this was sick. Um, so a little spoiler if you don't want to fucking you don't want to hear this before you see the Avengers. Um, this is something that Loki said. Uh, so he said this to Black Widow. He said, "Your ledger is dripping. It's gushing red, and you think saving a man no less virtuous than yourself will change anything." This is the basis sentimentality. This is a child at prayer, pathetic. You lie and kill in the service of liars and killers. You pretend to be separate, to have your own code, something that makes up for the horrors, but they are a part of you and they will never go away. Yeah, that was pretty (laughs) fucked up. And the thing I liked about it was his delivery of it because he's an amazing actor. And also it was very comic booky. Like you would expect something like that to be in a comic book. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I dug it. I, that, that, that stuck with me when I walked out of and the then, movie. And, and also with his performance, it was so believable. Oh, it wasn't over the top. It was so like you would sit there and you're like – and yeah, when I remember hearing that, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. You know, like he was – about to get real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that brings us to the close of our show. This very overpacked show. Yes. Uh, before we head out, we want to remind you all that if you want to read more about these stories um, we talked about, uh, you can go ahead and check it out on our website, thelazygeeks.com, or wherever paperbacks are sold. You can uh, check out my personal blog, when did this happen to me.wordpress.com. Uh, be sure to like us on Facebook and add us to your circle on Google+. Follow us on Twitter, at TheLazyGeeks, or you can follow me, at Lazy underscore Nomad, or Adam over there. You can follow at Lazy underscore Adam. Yay. You can even... <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> you can even email us at TheLazyGeeks at gmail.com. Please subscribe to our YouTube page, and uh, the Lazy Geeks theme is provided by the talented Kevin McLeod. So it's about time for us to check out. So please be sure to comment on this or any podcast on either iTunes or the website, thelazygeeks.com, and uh, tell us the good, the bad, and the incredibly sexy. And uh, be sure to leave a comment because if you do, we may just read it on the podcast. Remember, we're thinking so you don't have to. So until next week, peace out. Uh, uh, uh.